That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Hey, my brothers and sisters, I hope this day finds you well. Well, it's that time of year again where these left-leaning media outlets have been tasked with the job of making you afraid to live your lives free, making you afraid to congregate with friends and family, making you afraid to exercise your liberty on any level. And this one right here is coming from the Washington Post, owned by Jeff Bezos. Incidentally, nobody has a problem with Jeff Bezos owning the Washington Post, but they seem to have a problem with Elon Musk potentially owning Twitter. That's interesting. You can tell that somebody, when somebody, when their conviction isn't consistent, you can tell that they lack integrity. But I'll talk about that in another segment. But let's jump into this. Because they just, they just don't want, they just hate you. They hate America. They don't want you to live as an American. They don't want you to you know, the whole for the people, by the people, they absolutely hate that because it takes power from their hands. So this is their attempt. This happens every year, every season now, right? We're moving to the third time. So it's very, very obvious. COVID was vanishing last Memorial Day. Cases are five times higher now. Now you notice that all they can talk about now are cases because the fatalities, if they were to talk about fatalities, it's not alarming enough. The numbers aren't high enough. So it's almost like they wish that they were because then they could use use that. These folks are like carrion birds who feed off of death. But when there's no death, then they have to, to, to try their best to, to find something else, right? It's a supply and demand issue. It always is. So they're saying it's five times higher now. Now also keep in mind with this article, they don't actually give you what the numbers are. So like, let's say that this time last year, there were only a hundred cases. Well, this time, if there's 500 cases, well, that's five times higher than last year, but 500 cases isn't very much. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, they don't give you any type of context at all. They just say five times, because five times anything in, in our minds immediately goes to something that's really like a large number, right? But five times one would just be five. <laughs> so they never really tell you. So, so check this out. I mean, Washington Post is so dirty. I mean, <laughs> they're so dirty. Check this out. For the third year, Americans are greeting the unofficial start of summer shadowed by the specter of the coronavirus amid rising COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations across the country. The specter. All of this language is going to be very hyperbolic, very sensationalized with one purpose, and that's to make you afraid. Make you afraid to leave your house. Make you afraid to, to go to a family barbecue and see people that maybe you haven't seen in two years because they made you so afraid that you didn't leave your house. That's not a life. You understand that at all. The United States is recording more than 100,000 infections a day. Okay. What are the flu infections? What are those? What are the pneumonia infections? What are those? Because you see, we're still mass testing. We have home tests. We have people testing all the time. So yes, you're gonna find more numbers, but what are the other numbers? Let's put it into context, let's put it into perspective. At least five times higher than this point last year, I've already covered that, right? As it confronts the most transmissible versions of the virus yet. You notice that they're always more transmissible. You notice that they always say they're more transmissible, but they never, they never say they're more fatal. You notice that? The Delta was more transmissible. transmissible. Omicron was more transmissible than that. 
so now I don't know if they're talking about the Omicron. Is there, is there another variant out there? Because you know what viruses do? They mutate. That's what they always do. We've always known this. That's why stopping them is saying that you can stop a virus is kind of ridiculous. Right? So, so with that, that saying that, you know, we're going to stop it, we're going to end it. Like, they always knew that they weren't going to be able to. That was just language. I believe it was manipulative to try to get you to move in a particular direction because that's kind of their MO. But do you see the language? Do you see, do you see how they're, they're trying to just herd you into one direction? <laughs> transmissible. It's always more transmissible, but it's not more fatal. How come you're not saying that? Because it isn't more fatal. And if it isn't more fatal, then why are you so alarmed? Because I care about lives. I don't care about somebody catching the flu, catching a cold, catching C-19. Why would I care about that? What I care about is lives. And what I know is that for the longest time, heart disease took one in four Americans and nobody seemed to be as, that never seemed to be as much of a priority for the CDC, for any government administration that I've seen, for the FDA, for the WHO. Nobody seemed to really care about the one in four Americans that were dying of heart disease. How about the rise in diabetes, type two? How about the rise in morbid obesity? We're seeing younger, younger children. How about the rise in chronic diseases, period? What about that? That's taking more lives. So how come we're not doing anything about that again? Oh, right, it doesn't serve the purpose. Right, got it. Immunity built up as a result of the record winter outbreak appears to provide little protection against the latest variants. New research shows. What, what, what new research? And, and when you say breakthroughs, are you talking about people who are unvaccinated, who, who got it, and you're talking about natural immunity, or are you talking about people who are vaccinated and, and it's not going to work, the outbreak that, that we had? See, you're not giving me information. Are you talking about, which one are you talking about? I mean, it's a fair question. It's a far cry from a year ago with predictions of a hot vax summer uninhibited by COVID concerns. Back then, coronavirus seemed to teeter on the brink of defeat as cases plummeted to their lowest levels since spring, 20, since spring of 2020, and vaccines became widely available for adults. So are you saying that this, is, that this all happened because the vaccine, and so that's why we had the drop? Because if that's what you're saying, then that seems to contradict what is later said in this article about the vaccine's efficacy waning over months, over the initial months after taking it. So I'm gonna tell you this, I'm not gonna go through the whole thing, it's a rather long article, and I'll, I'll leave the link in the description section where I can, please read it. But this article itself contradicts itself multiple times. It, it, it seems to also be very, very ambiguous. You never, you never know if they're talking about natural immunity or if they're talking about people who, who have been vaccinated and then also have gotten a booster, you know, or how many boosters have they gotten. They don't really go into detail. They kind of jump around they make insinuations that natural immunity isn't as good as, as, as getting vaccinated and getting, and getting, and then, then the vaccine isn't as good as the booster. And yet also they have quotes from people who are saying that, you know what, it's from like 85 to 35 year, year old people, quotes from them saying like, you know, basically we're gonna have to learn to live with it. It's kind of here now. And, and then they kind of villainize them sometimes a bit. So this whole article, its whole purpose is to, is to frighten you, is to, is, is to keep, you, keep you isolating yourself from having an actual, any kind of quality of life. 
and it villainizes people who believe that that it's just time just like to kind of live with it. And it's very, very interesting because when you read this article, the thing that I, I step back and I was go, okay, well, what is this article actually doing? How is this contributing? Like from a journalistic standpoint, how is it, is it informing me of anything? Is it, is it encouraging me to, to do something positive? Um, is it giving me information that I then can pass on to other people? And the answer to all those is no, it's not positive. It doesn't really give me any information. It's very ambiguous. It doesn't really cite studies. It makes claims that are not, that are unfounded. And if they are founded, then once again, provide the references, provide the, provide the studies that you're getting this from. They're still talking about, about masks um, being very, very effective, yet they don't provide any type of random control trial. That, that, that can speak to the efficacy of, of, of masks, of respirators, of different masks, whether that's cloth, cloths, uh, three-ply surgical. It's just, they're not giving you any information. It's clear that they just want you to be afraid and they want you to give up your quality of life and they want you to do it by, by their words is like really to protect other people, yet they can't quantify how you isolating yourself and giving up your liberty is actually going to protect someone else. They can't, they can't quantify that. So here's a quote from Margaret Thornton. She says, and I quote, this time last year, I was so hopeful. She's 35 years old, lives in Philadelphia. She's a researcher. She's preparing to spend her summer socializing mostly outdoors because of her weakened immune system. Now, I don't know when it's going to be over and I don't think there is necessarily a light at the end of the tunnel or rather if there is a light, is it an opening to get out or is it, a, is it a train? Parents of children too young to be vaccinated are making cross-country travel plans. Octogenarians are venturing to bars and families are celebrating graduations and weddings with throngs of mostly unmasked revelers, mindful they may get sick again. You seem like it, so in, in, on one side they'll, they'll talk about it like, you know, it's like it's something that should still be a, a very major concern but then on, on the other side, they, they cite that people like octogenarians, so these people that are in their 80s, they're, they're going out again. They're starting to live their lives. And they're trying to make it seem like, like you know, they're gonna be around unmasked people. Like, so if something does happen to them, it's their fault. Of course, everything that we do, we should hold ourselves accountable. But they're making it seem like, like this is not something that these people should be doing. Well, if not now, then when? We're moving into three years. When? when when, when should a person feel comfortable to go back to the normal life? When exactly should that happen? If not now, when, when? Because you can't stop a virus. You've proven that. And your vaccine doesn't grant immunity. You've proven that as well. In the beginning, remember, you said it was gonna be 90% for Pfizer-BioNTech. You said it was gonna be 94% for Moderna. And then you switched. <laughs> And you're like, oh, well, it, 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 it mitigates the symptoms. Okay, so first it went immunity, then it mitigates the symptoms. Keeps you from getting hospitalized, keeps you from getting severe symptoms. Okay, and then I said, well, I had it in, in, in December of 2020, which should have been you know, a, the most fatal strain. And I wasn't hospitalized. And as you can see, I'm still here. So, so my natural immune system mitigated the symptoms as well. So like, like what, okay. <laughs> so like you, so like nobody's been able to really, to really explain that to me, right? And I keep asking that question. How do you know 
that is the vaccine that mitigated your symptoms. When I didn't have it and my, my symptoms were mitigated by, my, by my, my immune system. More than half of the US population is living in areas classified as having medium or high COVID-19 levels by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The latest cases have yet to overrun hospitals, but that could change as the virus spreads among more vulnerable people. The dominant strains circulating in the United States are the most contagious thus far. Once again, like, what does that mean? You, you're, you're saying that the hospitals aren't getting overrun, but it could change. It could change any time. So why aren't you like, hey, the hospitals aren't getting overrun. This is a good thing. This means that even though the cases are still there, it means that people aren't getting severely sick enough to be hospitalized. But instead of presenting that as good news, you can see how, how the language that they use. This is, this, is, this is my problem with these left-leaning rags. They're not, they're, they're not non-biased, and they're clearly just an arm of the government, an arm of the left, an arm of progressives, and an and arm of the demolition party. Because they're the ones who want this. They're the ones who want you afraid. Because then they can subjugate you. They can, they, can, they can whip you up into this emotional frenzy and then say, hey, we're the solution. But all you have to do is give up your liberty and give us more power. And we'll save you. Even though that's historically untrue. They can't save you. They haven't saved you. No one can. The Republican Party can't save you. No government institution can save you. Law enforcement can't save you. Nobody can save you. You have to save yourself. Our forefathers knew this, which is why they put the sovereignty in the hands of the people to self-govern because a person, an individual, is the only one that can actually help them. They have to help themselves. The only ones that can protect themselves. That's why we have our second amendment. People get hung up on the militia part of it and they completely, they completely gloss over the fact that it says the, the right of the people. Yes, it says militia, but then it says the right of the people to keep and bear arms, right? Yes, the militia can keep and bear arms, but also the people, <laughs> which is us. Okay, so this is the part of the article where, where they trot out their experts. because they, they always have to trot out their experts. Now their experts are always people that agree with them. They don't try out all the experts. They don't have experts and have them debate who have like, you know, opposing uh, opinions or opposing theories. They only, their experts are only brought in to corroborate what they already are saying. Do, do you understand that? So here's where they, they trot out their experts. This one, and I quote, this one is really revved up and is probably getting up there with something as transmissible as measles, said Peter Hotez, Dean of the National School of Tropical Medicine at Baylor College, describing the BA, 2.12.1 subvariant. Okay, so there's the variant. It doesn't have a cool name, I guess. It's just the BA 2.12.1. Now accounting for more than half of new cases. Over the Memorial Day holidays, if you are in settings where you are indoors with large numbers of people without masks, there's a good likelihood you will suffer a breakthrough infection. So they tried out their experts to fearmonger. Basically, they want you afraid to even enjoy this holiday to, that memorializes the people that died to give us the liberties that we have, the liberties that they want to take away. They don't even want you to celebrate these people and memorialize them. They don't want you to have a quality of life. You just said it. You went out with people without masks, you know, be wary. Yet you still haven't proven the efficacy of masks. Quantify it. 
I mean, I've seen it as low as 5%. I've seen it as high as 17%. That's what I've seen. So 17% at the, at, at the, at the top, <laughs> as far as this mitigating efficacy. That's what I've seen. So why are you making it seem like, like that's like a, a good shield? Right, like would you, would you stand in front of somebody shooting at you if you have a shield that has 70% efficacy against repelling that bullet? <laughs> I mean, is that really what you would do? Because doesn't that mean it has an 83% of actually penetrating that shield and getting you? <laughs> That's just me. And then, and, then, and then he goes into like, there's a good likelihood you will suffer a breakthrough infection. So a breakthrough infection, now you're talking to people who have had it but they're not vaccinated. He's talking about people who are vaccinated and boosted and boosted again, that they can still see a breakthrough. Who are you talking about? You notice how they're not really being specific, <laughs> but they call it a breakthrough. Typically the breakthrough infections are associated with, with people who are vaccinated or people who have already had it and they're not vaccinated or a combination. People who have had it and they're vaccinated and whatnot. My thing is that if if you can still get a breakthrough infection, then doesn't that speak to the efficacy of, of what they're telling you to get? Because if you can have a breakthrough and not be vaccinated, but have had it before, and you can have a breakthrough if you are vaccinated and boosted, then what's, what's the point in pushing and mandating the latter if you can still get a breakthrough? Now the fear mongering continues. Here is where they, they try to make it seem as if having the vaccine and the booster is still a, a really, really good idea, even after everything that they've just said previously. But an emerging body of research suggests that those infections will not confer lasting protection as the virus's latest iterations show remarkable ability to escape immunity. Now when they say immunity, once again, what are you talking about? We know that the vaccine doesn't offer immunity. So why are you even using that word? Why are you even using that word? If you've previously had it and, and, and you have some type of natural resistance, that still isn't technically immunity. So nobody really has immunity to viruses. Like you can still get the flu, you can still, do you see what I'm saying? Like they shouldn't use the word immunity because it actually isn't applicable. I, I think that it's, it's dishonest. You shouldn't use the word immunity. Either way, because I've had it before, but I could still get it again, so I'm not immune. There's, nobody has immunity to any of these things. So that to me is a lie. Experts say the recently infected who also received booster shots can count on at least several months of immunity while the unvaccinated should expect little protection. And then here's yet another expert. You should not think, oh, I had Omicron, I don't need any shots, or I don't need any more shots, said Melanie Ott, director of the Gladstone Institute of Virology and a co-author of a paper recently published in Nature, finding limited natural immunity from the Omicron variant. We are going into a surge of the Omicron subvariants that are more and more able to infect people who have pre-existing immunity. I'm, I'm done with these people using immunity. I've already, I just went over that, it's a lie. How can you be immune and then several months later, you're no longer immune. So then you weren't immune. Immune means you're, do you know the definition of immunity? <laughs> so this is where they use these words to make their way seem better. They've already admitted that it doesn't give you immunity. So this is just a lie. 
This is just a straight lie. Oh my goodness. They tried out these experts who are just lying to you. Once again, here we go, experts say, they don't tell you who the experts are, but experts say vaccines are still showing durability and protecting people against severe illness. So not immunity, just mitigating symptoms. Okay, there we go. So they went from the lie, they had like three paragraphs of lies and then now they, now they come back to like the truth. Do you see what they do? Do you see how they manipulate? But the initial burst of antibodies from shots or infections fades after several months. Okay, wait. So are they talking about natural immunity when they say from shots or infections? Now are they talking about natural immunity? What they call natural immunity? As I said before, and you kind of take that even natural immunity with a grain of salt. But is that what they're talking about? So if antibodies from the shots and from infection, which I'm guessing they're talking about natural immunity, fades after several months, if then doesn't that put them both in the same playing field? So why would you need this if even over here, they're saying what you can get the same protection? Now, I, I of course disagree with that. Show me the study. Show me the study. Because I've, I've seen people infected with SARS-CoV-1 have antibodies 17 years later. So, so yeah. All right, I'm gonna let you guys just, you can go through this. As you can see here, there's, there's a lot to it. It's all the same. It's all the same BS. It really is. And it goes to talk about, about kids like, no, actually, you know what? let me show you this one, this, this part here. And of course they're in Oregon because the people in Oregon have just lost their minds. Washington and Oregon have just lost their minds. So in Portland, Oregon, Jessica Poole said she is not taking her five-year-old daughter, Lucia, and three-year-old son, Max, to indoor play facilities. Yeah, that's gonna be in the best interest of the child to not have them congregate with other children. Yeah, that's great. Good job there, mom, good job. Where Lucia would catch illnesses even before COVID. She asked Lucia to wear a mask while she's at pre-kindergarten. Yep, five-year-olds in masks. That's once again, best thing for them. Good job, mom. And the family isn't planning any travel because Max is too young to get vaccinated. So you guys aren't gonna go and do any kind of family vacations, anything like that. They're three and five years old. Let me show you something real quick. So this comes from the CDC website, and this is deaths by sex and age. Now, her children were between three and five years old. So if you go between one and four years right here, there's been 140 C19 fatalities between one and four, year, one and four years old. Pneumonia has been 334. Yet this mom doesn't seem to be as afraid of pneumonia as she is of C19. I find that very, very interesting. That, to me, is a direct result of information coming out of the Washington Post and Daily Beast and NBC and, and ABC and all of, those, all of those spots. All of those spots, the government, the CDC, the FDA, OSHA, they all jumped on the bandwagon, all to push a message that has moms afraid to let their five-year-old and three-year-old play with other children, afraid to go on family trips and live, live a quality life when they should be more afraid, at least in that age group, based on the CDC data, they should be more afraid of pneumonia than C19. There's been more fatalities from the start of this in January of 2020. So the Washington Post to me is at fault. So you have to ask yourself, why would they do this? Why, why wouldn't you not just report information? And if nothing else, why would you not be more encouraging because a stressed out, anxious population 
is going to eventually become a disease population. That stress is going to build up in their bodies. It's going to build up in their minds and make them irrational. Why would you do that to them on purpose if you actually believed in them, if you actually respected them, if you actually loved them? You would give them just information, keep them updated, keep them well-informed, because you would trust them to make good decisions for themselves. But see, the demolition party doesn't trust you. The left doesn't trust you. The progressives, they don't trust you. And if they don't trust you, they don't like you. Does that make sense? Because if they did, their actions would show it. They would just give you information and believe in you, believe that you're a good person and that you would do the right thing. But they don't believe you're a good person. They don't believe that you'll do the right thing. That's why they have to step in like your mommy and your daddy. Even though you're a grown man and you're a grown woman, they have to step in and tell you what to do, tell you what's best for you, tell you what you need and what you don't need. And it's the most anti-American thing you can do. I'd like it if they just left. Go found your own country. How about that? Just go found your own country where you guys can, can live pronouns and you can groom children and, and you can all live in this, in this community where you can community, you just raise your children, you know, community and you guys can be polyamorous and you guys can, can, can worship each other and, and, and all. Just go start your own country. Just go do it. You'll last like five years before you guys are all gone, but leave us alone. Leave us good, decent people alone who just wanna live our lives, who believe in self-governance, who believe in the ability to protect ourselves, who believe in the freedom of speech, who believe in the law, and it should be, the law should be founded in moral, morality, and what's right and what's wrong. There's no gray area there. Just go, leave us alone. Leave us alone, because I'm not, this is a hill I'm gonna die on. I'm not gonna follow you. I'm not gonna fall in line. I'm not going to let you have my children. I'm just not going to. So you can pull all the dirty tricks you want. The only thing you can do is take my life, but you're not gonna take my liberty. I believe in this country. I believe in the constitution. You can keep playing your games. I'm very well informed. I'm very intelligent and, I'm, and I can approach things dispassionately. You're not gonna whip me up into an emotional frenzy. You're just not gonna do it. You're not gonna bait me with emotion at all. I don't care if you call me names. Social media, hey, you guys can continue to, to use your algorithms to suppress my message. I'm not gonna stop talking. I'm not gonna stop putting my message out there. You're not going to stop me. You can't stop good people. You can't. So you keep pushing your, your agenda. You keep pushing your agenda. It's not gonna work. Historically, it's never worked. It just hasn't. Socialism doesn't work. Communism doesn't work, never has. And you've infected our country with socialism on multiple levels. And at every level where you've infected us with socialism, it's crumbling. And what's your solution? More socialism? <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Anyway, like and subscribe. Help me get that message out there. If you are a good, decent person, and you want to actually have conversation, you believe in, in, in our constitution, you believe in freedom of speech and, and, and all of that, let's sit down and, and talk. And if you don't, let's sit down and talk. Just know if you try to insult me, it's not going to work. Ins insults are not an argument. It just exposes you as a person who lacks character. That's all it does. And as always, if you're moving in the dark, I'm over here trying to help you do what? Trying to help you turn on that light. You guys be well.